Backbone Takeover. My name's Nick. Nathan, you're still here. We're continuing off a Backbone Sunday session as we just finished up. And we're going to continue on a conversation that's going to be coming out on Wednesday. Exclusive. Exclusive, on Nathan. Wednesday. Now... I want to talk about yes. a certain topic. Um, it's all about classic albums. You know, classic albums in general are something that in this scene, it can be tossed around a bit too often, but also sometimes you know, it's hard for a classic album to be considered one when you know, this scene is relatively small in yes. music. So you know, it's kind of hard to work out. And I want to talk about when do you think our Ooh. last classic album was? In Ooh. this scene, Ooh. when does this classic album kind of, what sticks out to you? Now, I want to ask a couple of questions before we kind of get into what this. What constitutes one, Nick? Absolutely. Yeah. So the, the constitution and kind of the what quantifies and qualifies to be a, great words there, Nick, Nathan. Oh, uh, <laughs> what, to you, Nathan, what is it that makes a classic album a classic album? Well, it's got to mark the time and era that you're in, Nick. So I, yeah. I think it's very important, like, if it's game changing at that time, like is it the same as everyone else is releasing? Is it changing the game? Like what marks it to that time? What was the sound of it? Like is it a change in sound, the change of direction that they're going? What does it impact? Did it impact a change in the scene? Like Bring Me's done two or three times. Like Killswitch Engage brought about the metalcore like kind of renaissance in the early 2000s. Is it an impact like that in Iowa Slipknot? Like there's albums like that that kind of impact change uh, I think that's one does it hold up now like yeah. an album 20 years ago like at the drive-in they had a, an album I always forget what it's called but it's a, like the most famous fucking album of the, the early scene days uh, something command I don't know what it was called but at the drive-in a m- massive famous album still holds up now fantastic but dude the biggest one for me it's crowd reaction and live okay. live crowd reaction yeah. so I got a couple of like examples of this Nick Brown yeah. so I love going to an album tour and seeing the new songs and live and the reactions that the people give them. Yeah. AKA, do people give a shit? Like, do people want to be there? They sing in the, the vocals, they mosh in, they're going around. But I've got a couple of examples. A couple of years ago, we saw Northland's Alien launch at yes. Yaya's, the day of Alien coming out. So we went there not expecting, like, we, we thought we'd get five or six new songs. I think they played seven or eight for the night. Yep. And almost every song went off. And Absolutely. I'm saying, like, off and on the other end of the spectrum i go back to 2017 let lives last album they did yes we saw them with every time i die in counterparts and the new songs just didn't get a reaction yeah. at the 170 russell and at the fucking unify set itself and that was really sad to watch because we both love let live and we're like what's happened here because they went from fake history like being one of the best seen albums that, that we know yeah. and, and like the black's beautiful the black is well. beautiful following that was another classic we think i don't know if they're both classics to you but they they probably are to you because they are to me as well. So, but yeah, dude, like I look at those two as examples and think, what's the gauge? Were the crowds into it? Were they not? And there's one that was and there's one that wasn't. So I think those albums get raised in my like expectations. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Um, I also think, like, I know this is an obvious one, but yes. there needs to be a, a quality songs, right? Yes, like we need, we need, consist- stuff, we yep. need consistency. Um, I don't, like I know some people say there has there can't be any skips, but I do always think, especially with heavy music, yeah. there usually is one has or two skips. Like there's always a, like so I usually I can cap it, but it is circumstantial depending on the band. Um, you kind of na- nailed everything there. Yeah. You know, influence. I I want to say the influence is something. I'll give you an example of yes. a band who I think I have an amazing album, but aren't a isn't a classic because of it sounds more of what it's been influenced by. So yes. stories, when they release the youth to become very under oath, very under oath. Now, under, under oath, yes. stories, that's an amazing album. Yes. But not only have I not really seen many bands try to replicate it over the years, but it feels very much 
like a product of Under Oath. So that to me makes that album by Under Oath more of a classic than making stories any sort of anywhere near a classic. Well, Define the Great Line is the album that yeah. it's the only Under Oath album I ever bought. I didn't, I fluked it, Nick. And that is the <laughs> album that everyone says is the album that stories copied. So I want to ask you a question, Nathan, um, in terms of classics, um, two things. One, is there such thing, a term that is used in sport or in wrestling or in a lot of uh, other medias is the term instant classic? Mm. Has there ever been an album that you've listened to Ooh. that you have been like, this is a classic album? And even if there hasn't, could you give me an example one that maybe got close to that? I've got the most recent one. Perfect. It's actually not the most recent one on my list, but I knew it straight away. Yep. Different Shade of Blue. Whoa. Knock Loose, Nick Brown. So I remember listening to this. And also, I didn't say it in the intro, but album artwork, there's something about yeah. that that ties the album all together. And immediately, the Different Shade of Blue with that artwork, the name of it, like the name of the album's got to work, the band name as well. That straight away, you listen to the singles, you're like, holy shit, you listen to the album, you're like, this is it, this is going to be huge. And I think that is the game changer from the last couple of years in the hardcore scene, especially. So that, for me, instantly became a classic. We yeah. saw it, the crowd reaction, they sold out every fucking show that they did in Australia. And like, I'm just talking from that. Every show was huge. Their sets were both at um, Invasion and Unify, massive and that for me became an instant classic. You got a yeah. counter? We got a, no, one? absolutely. I, the one, the one that I can think of is probably when I know this is an obvious one, yep. but when Semper Eternal got released, oh, yes. because of the fact that I remember them releasing all the songs on a website mm. on there, like it must have been just BringTheHorizon.com, yep. and every song had a different picture behind it. And I remember just kind of going through the tracks. I was like, unreal, 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 just like <laughs> unbelievable. Banger, like, banger. Honestly, there's there's one song that I don't particularly love and even that I feel like could fit on That's the Spirit, the song being seen at all before. It's the only song. I love that song. See that, and that's the thing, other people love it and that's I think that shows even more strength of like when you can probably ask 10 people who love that album what their top three songs are and you're going to get 10 different answers. Which it's is the, what makes it great. Exactly. Yeah. That really helps with it. Um, and that's an album, as you say, all your things. It's a product of its time. It's yeah. timeless. The impact has been amazing. Now, I want to ask you, how long has to go by before you can call something a classic? You know, we did talk about instant classics, but in a more general sense, is there a time limit frame? Is it more? Is it circumstantial dependent on the album? Like, do you have a, a, a set limit? I think a good gauge. You need to have a band release another album after it to okay. see if it can follow up what it was previously. So... We've already talked about Fake History, The Black is Beautiful. Fake History was groundbreaking at the time, then they followed it up beautifully, but then they couldn't the third time. Yeah. So I think that constitutes making The Black is Beautiful and Fake History on their own as both classics, if that makes sense. Whereas Bring Me, Sempaternal put them on the map. Like, There is a Hell was huge, yeah. and it was groundbreaking. It changed their sound, but Sempaternal is still the sound that everyone wants them to go back to 10 years later, which yeah. is well, nine years later, whatever it is, eight years, or however long that is ago. But... um. I just look at things like that, dude, and that that's kind of what I constitute. Yeah, and it's like, you know, you even show, do you feel like bands can have more than one classic? Because, Ooh. you know, there is like, as you said, bring me, you say Sempaternal, but yep. I know a lot of people, and I still hear a lot of people ripping off that there is a hell sound, a huge at the moment. I still see, I hear people, you know, ripping off that's a spirit. But in my For opinion, sure. that's the spirit probably in terms of song quality, probably yep. probably wavers a little bit, yes. right? But that's just me. Yeah. Um, I've always had, in terms of the time frame, I've always, like, my baseline's been five years. So you're in five, yeah. But that's, I, I always do think that wavers because, you know, there are exceptions to every rule. Yeah. But I've always thought that I think it, once you get to about five years, you really understand the impact. And I'll give you an example, right? Um, Every Time I Die released Low Teens in 2016. Now, if you asked me two years ago, I'd be like, yeah, this is going to be a classic. 
I don't consider this a classic anymore. Really? And the reason why is because I don't think that low teens is influential. I think every time I die, unfortunately, and this is kind of almost a credit to the band, they're so far in their own lane that yep. they just kind of, like, no one wants to try and copy them. A lot of bands do the Southern Hardcore and that kind of sound yep. um, really, really well, but it's all it might be derivative of other Every Time I Die albums. And it doesn't. it's just something about that that there's probably a reason why I don't consider that one a classic. Uh, probably that's a good good actual point that you bring up because that could probably be put into a different category of classic. Yeah, like talking about the quality of songs to songs to songs. That's an album I don't skip. Yeah, which kind of like I put that over from Parts Unknown and albums like X Lives and stuff like that for me for that reason because yep. I kind of skip a few there. But like you say, changing the game, it didn't do that, so it doesn't tick that yep. box as you say. But in other areas, it does. So it's kind of like, yeah. And it, you do raise a good point there because the idea of different sorts of classics. And yes. I've got a couple written down. So I wrote down a couple of different types of classics. Now, there is the standard classic, the one that we're talking about, we're yeah. like trying to get to the bottom of. I call the next one I call is the geographical classic. Geographical. Yeah, I know. It's a great, it's a good word for oh it. God. But it's the classic that is one only in certain regions of the world, right? I'll give you good examples. The Living End self-titled album, right? Oh, that is classic. A, that album. is a classic oh. Australian rock album. But if you ask anybody in America or Europe, give a shit, they then. wouldn't know who the fuck the band are. And I think that's something because I feel like you need, for a classic album, you need to have influence around, around the, world. the world. To to some extent, at yes. least. Even like a Hilltop's Hood album or something like that. Like, that's another album. You know, it's a great Aussie rap album. Yes. But it's not going to, like, we're not competing with Kendrick, right? Like, it's not in the grand scheme of hip hop. It's nowhere near that. When is he dropping an album? No, like, that's the thing. We're going to start. It could be this year. Yeah, um, and the last one is what I call the personal classics. Yes. The classics that you're the not going to- The Offspring albums, Nick. Exactly. The, 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 the albums that you may be the first album you ever bought. The albums that aren't in any way 10 out of 10, and even albums you probably wouldn't even argue with your friends are, are a classic, but songs, albums that mean something to you. So um, for me, Conspiracy of One by The Offspring. Oh. First, first um, cassette tape I ever bought. So that always has a place in my heart. But I understand it's not a 10 out of 10 album. I got one But too, for me, yeah. it is. What do you got? I got This Is The Six by While She Sleeps. Yeah. I bought that Christmas year, the year after it came out. I think it came out 2012 or 13. I think I bought it the year after. And I listened to that. And that by no means is probably their best album. I still claim that it is. But I think it is, yeah. For that reason, it's probably not a classic scene album, but I think it's as good as any metalcore album that I've heard in the 2010s. Yeah. So for me, and the piano of that, like that just resonated. And like Our Courage, Our Cancer, beautiful song. Death Toll was a fucking bonus track on that yeah. song. Dead Behind the Eyes, Seven Hills, like that album to me, just like you say, is a personal one. Whether other people agree, I don't know. And then there's the, the classic, like the idea of, you know, you can have two albums, right? As good as each other, but only one be a classic, right? Oh, yes. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. Parkway Drive, have Horizons and Deep, Deep Blue. Blue. Now, yeah. I personally think Deep Blue is better. You do? I, I'm just a smidge, right? Just a smidge better. But I'm not going to argue Deep Blue being Parkway Drive's classic. Horizons is. Absolutely. Oh, is. Absolutely. So, and if we were to say that those albums are level with each other, I don't think they're both classics. I don't think Deep Blue had that sort of impact on the scene. And I think Horizons absolutely did. Yeah. You know, they've done a 10-year anniversary of Horizons, which probably says enough as it is, you know, the fact that people wanted them to play that album in full, essentially. And they haven't done that for Deep Blue, which probably is another way to kind of identify which albums are considered classics. And it kind of helps with the singles in that album. If you've got a band that's got, say, two or three really good songs on an album, you've got another album that's got five, but the two or three are iconic songs like fucking like Boneyards, Idols and Anchors and Carrion. Like... Yeah. They're remembered as like their like their staples. Their fans, their, their songs, fans go to watch their shows live to watch. So 
that kind of holds Horizon on a different level. Like yeah. Deep Blue has great songs throughout, but those aren't to the level probably and you sh- of those. And you notice that by the yes. even when they normally play a live show, yes. they still play those songs from Horizon, yes. and they only play one or two from Deep Blue, which is crazy. So but it's, yeah, they don't play Deliver Me. Yeah, why not? That's what the, the hell's best, going on with that's that? Their best song. Yeah, unbelievable. But, and so with all that said, and I know everybody listening is going to have their own interpretation of what a classic is. And if you think you know, if you fucking think an album that came out three weeks ago was a classic, that's your right. There's no, there's no wrong answer with this. But we kind of want the idea is to try and be a little bit more anal and try and try and work out what actually is a classic. Do you have any? predictions so i'm talking the last yeah couple of years that have had albums i got one yep so i reckon i let it in and took everything by loathe is going to be so i talked about timeless so i think this will look back on in years to come and go this was the album that put them on the map because they're a band they they actually they had an album previous it was their second album but how many bands have been compared to deftones in their second album and like the way they actually like have their songs like with lows and highs and the actual sound the sound itself it's kind of unique like i know it's very deftones but them coming out with while she sleeps next year is going to be awesome to watch the crowd and watch the live reaction and uh, that's going to be a gauge for me i reckon that's definitely one yeah i i would say honestly probably the other album last year in a similar vein code orange underneath yeah got it got it written here but i I was going to counter that with something yeah go for it yeah what do you got people say forever is the classic yeah that's true was the one that got nominated for the grammy put them on the map like they went from the first album there's code orange kids back to code orange and now that was the first one with roadrunner yeah and that put them on the map they had buddy that was it let it in with the Bray Wyatt song with WWE. Yeah, yeah, like, I had songs yeah. like that, but dude, underneath last year was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And like, I, I that could age very well. That's exactly it. So, and that's, it's always hard to predict what ages well and what doesn't. You know, there are some amazing albums that upon release we think are amazing, but fast forward four months and we're not listening to it anymore. It's like what can actually stay in the rotation of your own playlist is kind of everything. It yeah. really is. It's so important to the, um, I don't know, the grand aspect of what a classic actually is. Well, you've got bands that change their sound all the time, Nick. Yeah. Look at Architects. So, All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. I'm going to say you agree that that's probably their best album. Yeah. No? You, you, I I don't think, I think it's their best album, but I don't think it's their classic. So, well, do you reckon Going Together Lost Forever is? I think Lost Forever is yeah, their classic. So. I think the influence that they, I think the influence is from that album. Yes. You know, the, band, the sound that we hear these days that is ripped off by every fucking Was band from that album. Is from Well, Lost that's where Forever. it started. You're yeah. right. Yeah. And I think that that's, and like, if somebody wants to say All Gods, if you want to say All Gods, I'm not going to argue with it because it's such a great album in its own right. But song I think for Song is just so good. It's so, like, those two albums are untouchable no. for, in terms of the architect's catalog so and you look like, back now and you got bloody holy hell which was just so nah. ordinary and the new <laughs> album which i'm not even going to name because i can't even remember what it's fucking <laughs> called nick brown but like you look back and they are that's the classic time that was like yeah. the let live time we had fucking fake history black is beautiful and like you look back bring me unfortunately or not unfortunately but fortunately they're still on a run so their yeah. run hasn't dipped off yet so whether that happens in time, we don't know. We've got a new single coming, but yeah, architects are fascinating. Do you this. think um, bands have to be a certain level of like popularity before they can put out a classic? Ooh. So like the idea is, and I, I'm trying. It's hard to explain all this, but like, say um, Polaris, right? Yep. The guilt and the grief as an yep. EP. Now that in is in our re- scene, that's oh, a classic EP. Amazing. But let's just pretend that Polaris broke up after the guilt and the grief came out. I don't think we'd, consi- we'd necessarily consider it an absolute classic mm. because the band never reached that the heights, heights yeah. what they are now. It's Whereas like they're the biggest early, band now, yeah. It's like early, band- early albums can be considered classics in y- later years, 
but it's only when those bands continue on and actually make something of them. Like Killing of a Smile, a lot of people consider that a classic album, right? Yeah. But if, Park- Parkway, if, if Parkway yeah. released that and then broke up, I don't think people now would be looking at that album like a classic. They'd be like, oh, yeah, remember that album? That was pretty cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like time has aged really well because the band have progressed since then. And they're the biggest band. And they're so big now, <laughs> Exactly, right? yeah. And so like, I think that, and also, you know, cl- local bands aren't going to have as much influence on bands no. as other ones. There are exceptions to that. There yeah. are like, even like, look, I love The Reject of Humanity by Val. I think amazing. Song for Song, it's an amazing EP, maybe the best in Australian history. Yeah. But I don't think it's a classic. I don't think bands have inf- been influenced by that. And obviously with the band kind of falling off the way they did, it makes it hard to like, cause they've, they haven't moved on from that. Yeah. It feels like it's more just the only thing rather than the best thing. Hundred percent, and I, I kind of look as well. Like you're talking about the level of bands they have to be before they are. Like, can they be classics? Like statues, they're a band oh. that, which is so consistent from song to song. And like they're like, if you're doing a review, they're going to get nines out of tens, nine point three out of tens, no matter where they are. But does that make it a classic? Mm, it's not going to impact the scene. Whereas listening to it, you're going to be like, this is fucking phenomenal. It's a great album. But yeah. there's a difference between being a classic in the scene and being a great album yeah. if that makes sense and that's what you kind of try and differentiate like you look at Disgusting by um by Beartooth yeah. groundbreaking like that Caleb Shomo coming off obviously what, what was the band he was in attack. attack Attack so going from Attack Attack obviously went through his personal problems and issues which he sang about on that album and it related to people so much that that has made an impact and like they got signed to Red Bull Records it's iconic I love all that and that is a classic album to me because that marks that issue and area of time where we were coming into the scene we're finding new bands and that you resonate to that album and track to track it's their definitely their best album yeah people have tried to rip off their sound and absolutely that's yeah there's another one there so let's start chucking albums out then um i'll give you the new ball knife if you oh, want yes it. you know there's so many albums and an idea of a classic album also and like you know if the albums are good enough i'm not we're not going to like take away classic status because there's too many amazing albums yeah but the idea is to make it that this is absolute upper echelon yes. right there aren't classics don't come around every two months they're this not just supposed, yeah. it might be once a year if it's a great year you might get two classics in a year that's yep. insane right that's really good what do you got for albums that aren't classics or albums ah, that what are. would you consider a classic i can give you a couple if you want yeah you can go for it so yeah. one that breaks my own rule of five years oh no but i want to put it i want to put it up there yes polaris the mortal coil yep okay what do you think? I think track to track, that's pretty untouchable. I think the influence has already been there with yep. our scene. It's the only reason I'm giving it like a next, you know, it's next year it turns, it turns five, right? It turns so five, that's okay. My, yeah. So for my rule, it has to be five years. I think it's just about there already. It's yep. still an amazing album to listen to. It holds up really well. The influence, in at least in the Australian scene, whether it goes to Everyone's ripping all off, yeah. time, all time classic status probably remains to be seen depending on how Polaris go for the next five years, right? Like, because they, they, this album might not be coming full and classic until 2025 because, you know, Polaris might be the biggest band by then. Which is a great, great point. And that's the thing you've got to project where the bands are. So you can look at the Dark Pool for Thornhill, for example. Yes. Like, that's a that's a fantastic album, but still probably too new for me right now to think of it as a classic. Whereas I look at Knock Loose, which is what I brought up before, Different Shade yep. of Blue. They're a more established band. They're a bigger band. They're probably the biggest hardcore band going around at the moment. Whereas Thornhill are on the Polaris trajectory. They're still working their way, their way up and they were literally about to tour, was it America? I'm pretty sure yeah. they had like lined up to actually tour before the pandemic hit. So that's where they were going to grow and go to Europe and get bigger. So I think the Dark Pool has the potential to get there. There's another one for yeah. you. But yeah. Um, I want to shout out a couple of Aussie ones. Yes. Um, so I want to just like kind of maybe more of this is, again, tr- might be a geographical classic, yep. but Opera Oblivia. 
I know I'm not a huge Hellions guy. Love it. Yeah. But I know a lot of people yeah. are, and a lot of people consider that to be a classic album. What well, do you think? That and Chemical Miracle came That's out. The in the, they came yeah. out in the same year. Absolutely, so 2016. I remember working on a Saturday at Hunters, listening to Opera Oblivia four times in the in the row, <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, this, this is really good. Saw it live a couple of times. The crowd loved it. So like, obviously, um. Lotus Eater was my favourite truck off that. Thresh is their biggest song still. Don't even know if Hallian's still a band, but you look that <laughs> that was that that was the album that really prog- propelled them up the Aussie local scene because they started playing bigger shows and going around doing what they love more and playing higher at Unify and because before that they were kind of low down on the bill, but yeah. they ended up playing nine times after that. But yeah, Chemical Miracle, I like I love that album. I love the artwork. That's the artwork one for me that really fits oh, at the time. Sold a lot of t shirts with it. Chlorine's their biggest song still. It's a yep. monster. Does it constitute a classic? To me, probably not. I think that's in the not quite classic. Yep. But in the Aussie scene, as you say, that's regarded as a classic. Like, I, yep. I think track for track, it's not strong enough to be a classic for me, but it's very memorable. So Put them on the mark. I'll give you another one. Yes. Um, we mentioned it before. All Gods Have Abandoned Us by Architects. Yep. Classic, not a classic. What do you got? I'm going classic. Yep. I think for me, it's better than Lost Together, Lost Forever for that. It's just something about it. It's just something about yeah. that album. I love Lost Together, Lost Forever. That was very nostalgic for me. Like that was my first real introduction to Architects. So I have that appeal, which is like, this is the six. But Lost Together, I mean, um, All Gods is just better. Yeah. It's just Gone with the Wind is phenomenal. You listen to songs like Nihilist and it's just like Downfall is probably my favorite Architects song. Yeah. If not top three. And it just, it just, I don't know, just the time it was around, it was just, it just fitted so well. Architects were growing; they were one of the biggest bands. Them and Parkway were kind of rivaling as them being headliners at that point. Yeah, Parkway have clearly gone on with it afterwards, and <laughs> Architects think they have, but they haven't. But if they kind of stayed on the All Gods pathway, I reckon they might have got there. Yeah. But obviously, um, with Dan Sell passing away, probably made it a little bit more of a classic. Nick, it's the whole yeah. passing away theory. Like Kirk Cobain died. Never mind, fucking blew up even more than what it was and your catalogue looks back on and people regard it higher but I think it was a classic before he passed yep. away so I'm yeah. going to say classic absolutely what, do you have any other albums Nave? I've got a few that didn't quite hit the mark yep. for me Go so for I, I reckon a lot of people actually would say that get what you give Ghost Inside is, is a classic cool? album okay so you're you're kind of trying to debunk a few ones that people think are classics I think there's iconic songs on here which I talked about with um obviously Horizon of Parkway but so Dark Horse Engine 45 Great Unknown awesome songs but I think it drops in quality around that. The last couple of songs, the last probably three songs, I can't remember the exact track list, but I do remember it falling off towards the back end. Yeah, and I, I don't think you can make that a classic on those merits. So yeah. I, I, I love The Coast Inside, but that's probably been their issue. They don't have... People regard that as a classic album, but the reason they're not bigger than what they are is because they haven't had the classic album, yeah. in my opinion. And like, it's a really good album, but it's not a classic to me. Then i got a couple more. Yeah. i got The Flood... And the self-titled of Mice and Men album. Okay, so these are really... Um, a lot of people love both these albums. I love The Flood. I think The Flood... Like, Flood probably for me is a maybe more of a personal classic album. Um, does have a couple of duds on there, I will admit. This uh, is this is my argument. Go for it. So, I think they're both great albums. With I'm yep. with you, but I think they both have strengths and weaknesses. And I think if you put the best five from each together, then you'd it have a classic, a classic album. album. Whereas... Yeah. There's too many weaker tracks. And I think when Shaylee left, they kind of missed that riding edge that they still really haven't recovered back now. So yeah. that was iconic. Like Austin could sing at that stage. So like they were both really good albums, but I don't think they were classics. Do you think it's harder to write a classic now? Yes, yeah, fucking like it's, there's been so many albums Nick released. Yeah. Like it's there's no fresh really ideas anymore. Like how, how many areas like, can you go? But it's like also the idea of 
um, everyone, there's so like oversaturation of a market naturally is going to create a harder time to create a classic. But yeah. it's like, you know, people's attention spans are so it's so much shorter like because of everything that's going on these days and all like you know, everyone's addicted to their phones which I am as well oh I can't uh, help it as well I'm the same it, yeah. and it's like so you know listening to an album 20 times like maybe is something that we would do back in 2014 or 2013 and we'd happily do it and, and we'd know every word and every fucking drum beat of every song but now it's like you listen to it twice and if you're not fucking captivated by it it's like yeah I've listened to Glow On twice fully through now yeah like I'm talking in one sitting yeah and, like, I used to listen to albums full on, like, probably five, six, seven, or eight times. And, like, Glow On's one of my favorite albums of the year. But I haven't listened to it through and through a million times, like you say. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's very interesting how many times, like, in this day and age for us especially, we can <laughs> listen to an album and actually think, yeah. I haven't even listened to the new fucking Drake album. I yeah. listened to Donder a few times, but I haven't listened to the Drake album. So I'll get to that during the week, Certified Loverboy. But another band that I reckon people regard, they're a great band. One of the best bands in the scene, Counterparts. I don't think they have a classic album. Okay, that's a good that's a good call. That I like I've got that. their catalog as like a not quite classic. Like I don't think they got that distinguished album that puts them yeah at the top. They're a great band and they're the most consistent band in the scene. But I don't think they have a classic album. Okay, I'll give you a couple of bands. And I want to I want you to yes. you to tell me if they have a classic and oh, if, yes. if they do, what what is it? Yep. Northlane. Do Northlane have? One classic, two classics. Do they have one, maybe a third one coming soon with with Alien in the future? Like, what do you? Because they're a really tough band. Because there is, it feels like you know, naturally with different vocalists. It feels like there's different eras of this band. Well, when Alien came out, I was very vocal. I said it was their best album that they've written since Singularity. Yep, I think it's better than Discoveries. I think Singularity's still their best album. That really is a classic to me. Yep. I don't know if it's a scene classic. A lot of people in Australia will say it is. I know Geordie Dunbar, the fucking bearded warrior, will definitely <laughs> say that's a classic album. But I think Alien can catch it, depending yeah. on the run that they go on, Nick. And that's what I'm, I mean with like a follow-up album. Where is Northland going to go with the follow-up album to make it a classic? Well, so you, I you mentioned Void of Vision's new song. Oh, yes. And I would argue Void of Vision's new song's a little bit inspired by Alien. Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah. And it, 100% with the electronics and stuff that Void are bringing across. And Alien, exactly. That's a new mark for... The metalcore bands, like they don't all have to sound fucking the same with guitars and bass. You can bring electronics and synths and make it a whole different ball game. And hopefully, Void do that because we thought they were they were very stale in their sound for yeah. a long time. So to try that up, that is that's thanks to Alien and Marcus and Northland with the new ideas. So, but yeah, Singularity, I'd say is the highest chance. But I think Nor- I think Alien could catch it. Yeah. What do you think? But of- I don't think Discoveries is. Nick. What don't think Discoveries? I get. Look, I get it. I, it's I, third I, for me. Yeah, that's fair. I don't mind. I don't mind that ranking at all. Do you think Amity ha- is Chasing Ghosts a classic? I think it is. I do. Yeah, I do too. I think that's iconic. That's, I think that that to me hit other parts of the world. That's an artwork thing as well. It's iconic. Yeah. The artwork and the album cover is so memorable. If you have got an album cover that people remember, it's like straight away, boom, you resonate to that. Yeah. The opening track, open letters. They're, they're two of their best songs. That and obviously Pittsburgh's the biggest, but Open Letter and Chasing Ghosts are the second and third. Yeah. And pretty close. Um, Life Underground's a massive song. They, like Youngbloods was good. People say, oh, fucking, that's their best album ever. But you're right. Chasing Ghosts had different sounds on it. There was yeah. electronics going on there. It was the best that Iron sounded. It's the best that Joel's been with his lyrics. They weren't as whiny back then. Maybe we were younger, didn't pay attention, and there wasn't yeah. as much Twitter around. But absolutely, I think that stage they were cool. It was cool to be an Amity fan, and like we were coming into the scene thinking, "Fuck, this is really good. They're catchy. They're good. Watch live." And from there, it's kind of been a downhill trajectory. <laughs> Let the ocean take me was good. Good follow up, but since then, it's been garbage. And I'll give you one other one that I think is an absolute classic, and 
I think Die Hard is Murders hates a classic. I haven't listened to it enough to make it so a classic for me. what I would say is the album's great. This is their best album. Yeah, I've Absolutely listened to it a few best. times. That but... drum sounds disgusting. Oh, it is. It's the most filthy, disgusting yes, together. I agree. But in the deathcore scene, mm. Die Hard have a worldwide name. They do. I was actually watching a couple of... I watched the video with CJ opening up the, <laughs> the, the chest and floating. I watched that on YouTube today, funnily enough. Yeah. They People regard him as one of the best vocalists yeah. in the deathcore when when I hear like the range. big YouTubers talk about um like from America who talk about like you know Die Hard that they the go top, like yeah. Die Art versus any other massive deathcore band and Die Art hold their own it's White like Chapel. that's how you do it yeah White Chapel now with this new song we talked about in the show just before they're going into different ball games with their sound they're bringing in cleans which yeah. I I'm big on I think if deathcore bands can do cleans well you should fucking do it occasionally but dude Die Art that's a great shout that's yeah. a great shout buddy with hate but um. Well, they get there again because it was Human Target, the album last year, was it? Yeah, Human Target. Human Target was pretty good, but it wasn't a classic, as you say. Yeah. Hate put them on the mark around even, the world. Even for that drum sound al- al- uh, alone, like we, we t- when we talked to Starve and Geordie said like every band since 2012 <laughs> want. has just wanted to rip off the hate drum sound. Yeah. And it's like, had, good luck. What, what's more classic than having a drum sound? Yeah. Like how often does that happen in this scene that you can be like, I need to, I want a drum sound to sound like that. That's insane. Well, Peterson. So Nick Peterson from North Lane. I, yeah. I always wanted to sound like yeah. him. So discoveries and singularity both were two for me personally being a drummer. But like you say, going towards the drums, it doesn't happen very often. Like yeah. Travis Barker, I guess, will blink out his own sound and people love that, but not in our scene. So yeah, you're right. So I want to give you a couple more bands. Yes, go for a it. A day to remember. I say I say one classic. So homesick. Is that it? That's all you got? For me, yes. Bring me the horizon. I want to give I want to get a final number for Semper you. Semper Eternal. Are you just one? Semper Eternal. I think there is a hell's a classic. There is a classic two? I'm, ha- I'm happy with I'm, I'm happy going to agree with for that. that. Yep. That's the spirit, not good enough. That's the spirit's great, but it's not as good as um, Sempaternal for me. So I don't rate it as a classic. Yep. I still think that there is a hell on Sempaternal level above. What do you think of bands like? It's hard to talk about because it's probably a little bit before our scene. But what about bands like Attack Attack? You know, bands like um, albums like Stand Up and Scream, or like you know these albums that really Asking did, Alexandria did. Yeah, Asking Alexandria. Sorry, Asking Alexandria, not Attack Attack. That's fuck, all right. Yeah. Fuck my. Fuck me ass. Well, um, Danny before Hong Kong. Danny before he lost his voice was the, he was the sex god of the scene. He was the fucking yeah. the Ollie Sykes and him. They were the two poster boys for the scene. And Austin Carla, they were the three. But he quit asking Alexandria. He couldn't sing the screams anymore, and yeah. they kind of got sick of it. And now he's back and they're singing rock songs. But they had the potential to be bring me. Yeah. They just couldn't do it. They, that's because well, you look now, bands can sing longer and scream longer because the techniques have been taught properly now. Yeah. So he was probably screaming wrong the whole time. That's probably they were probably one of the bands who did pave the way in that sense. Like you, know, you, you need shit sounding bands to have good sounding bands. Like you need your bands need like those and those kind of bands were at that stage where they were copying a lot of negative, like they were copying a lot of shit. British bands, man. Um, but like just naturally because of the sound, the whiny voices, the straightened hair and everything like that. Like certain, you need to, some bands need to walk before other bands can run. And like yeah. Asking Alexandria were in that, in the midst of like copying a lot of shit and, but also paving a lot of the way for a lot of these bands to come through. A hundred percent. And they had the rock star attitude. They were, they were the Motley Crue of metalcore. Do you think I is a classic by Parkway? Is that close? <sighs> Bit of a, a bit of a distant shout for me because like I, I it's not it probably be my third best um Parkway album, but it's like that album Vice Group. That album that seems to song. have done a lot. Bottom feeder. Yeah, it's good. I wouldn't say it's a classic. Yeah, that's fair. But um like you say, it's a good catalogue to have for Parkway, like to go through the years and they've had a bring me bring me trajectory as well. They've gone from Deep Blue being a classic metal core, just so pure in sound, to where they are now with um 
was it Reverence 2018 came yeah. out and that was big stadium sounding rock with metal vibes like it was like Steel Panther without the shitty lyrics yeah. so like <laughs> I love like, that. like Parkway have so much more going for them now than they did back in the day like back in the day they've gone from playing in fucking like dingy 500 seat places with crazy mosh bits to playing stadiums and arenas so that's what they are as a band now and they're riding towards that yeah. which I like yeah, I love it. Now, we'll wrap things up, but yes. uh, any any other albums, any other bands you want to say? Anything you just want to say about a classic album like... Flash Flood, Colour, Enter Shikari. Flash Flood, Colour, that's a great one. It's a great shout. Also, Mindsweep's quite... I always, I always wonder with a band like Enter Shikari because... Nick, the Sparks are classic. You reckon the Sparks are classic? Oh, I've gone back to that album. This Ooh, during, really? When we this question was... That album is so good. Really? I, I need to go back to that. Revolt of the Atoms, baby. <laughs> Nick, that album is so good. Yeah. I, I, it's not a classic, but I fucking love that album. Do you feel like Enter Shikari almost similar to Every Time I Die sometimes in the way... Like, well, they're in a league of their own. They're, like, yeah. Not many bands almost... It's always bands are too scared to touch what they do. So yeah. it's like... You know, they they almost get an exemption from the influence aspect because it's like they no one's everyone's too scared to try to be influenced by them. They're on the stories level of just being immediately <laughs> they're just critically acclaimed with whatever they do. Yeah. And we're supporters because like they are so good at what they do. But album to album, their influence is so you can't copy them. Like yeah. they are. They're they're unique, they're a unicorn of the scene. Like Rao Reynolds is a fucking treasure. And their band is just so good. And that's Nick. They're that's what I want the next one to be: America versus the UK bands, because yeah. they are another UK we'll band. We'll do that next week. The, the American scene compared to the UK scene. I just think the bands in the UK are better. Yeah, I don't think Will, Why She Sleeps has ever had a classic, even though yeah, um, this oh, is, that was a personal, personal classic, one, and yeah. I, it probably is a personal one for me as well. Yeah. I, I think that's their best album by yeah. far. But and I, it's you know, you also got to look back at the time that you listened to it and everything like that. It's all it's very important, like you know, to look back. Hey, I was a twenty-two-year-old. I was hungry for music. Oh yes, and like when you get older, it is a lot harder. Probably in, it's probably another reason why maybe we're not considering certain albums classics because we're a bit older. It's, we're harder to please as we were ten years ago, or whatever it may have been. But with that said, Nave, oh, I wonder what it's going to be this year. I well, that's it, it. Yeah, I don't think there's a classic yet. No. Um, I don't think Turnstile. I like. I love Glow On, but is it Glow On? Is yeah, Glow On. Yeah, it's yeah. Glow On. Yeah. Um, the Turnstile album's amazing, but I don't know if that's. It doesn't strike me as an album that's going to be a classic. Um, if anything's going to strike me as a classic, it's going to be Donda. <laughs> that's the problem. Donda. <laughs> that's the issue. Like I, I, I reckon with every Kanye album, it, it, you usually give it two or three years, and everyone's fucking ripping it off. And well, that's the thing, mate. And Bring Me's the Kanye of the scene. Absolutely, so, yeah. and even Don Broco, the way they're going, like this, this new album's not going to revolutionize the sound of music, but it's definitely different, and yeah. I like that. So I love it. So next it's week. Nice. US versus UK. Yeah. US versus UK, Nick Brown. So we're going to put pit bands against each them. other, almost like in a 12-round boxing match. Well, just, try and pick apart what's what's better and why. Well, the pop punk scene in America is better and the metalcore scene is better in the UK. So Absolutely. we can talk about that. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, this is the first of hopefully many of these types of episodes. Yes. Try to really be able to flesh this out. 30 minutes, so we've done really well here. And uh, yeah, if you guys have a different way of identifying a classic, you know, let us know for one. But also just like, Discuss it's fine. It. It's, fi- it's fine if you disagree with everything we say because classic, yes. classics is subjective. Is to the yes. most subjective thing I yeah. almost think because like everything means something different to a different person. So if you come out and say you think you're welcome by a date or remember is already a classic. You're a fuckwit. You're a fucking idiot. But... You're probably a silly goose, but um, but you can honk away and do what you got to do, Nate. Didn't even have to mention Carnival, Nick. Didn't have to mention Carnival. That's right. Yeah, definitely at least probably two classics. Two there. classics. Yeah, two. The Matter and Sound Awake are both classics. Yeah, classics. But until next week, US versus UK bands. Stay tuned. <laughs>